Rebuttal edition 228. So much love with astrologer, teacher, YouTuber Leo. Join the team as we get to know Tom Lesher, aka Kaipacha, an amazing soul who has guided many through the truths of the zodiac, whether it's leading newparadigmastrology.com, practicing Kriya Yoga, living that Pura Vida life in Costa Rica, or connecting souls through his enthusiastic and astrological musings via his Pele report. This guy knows how to howl with the best of them. Yeah, baby. Welcome, Kaipacha. That was my attempt to go. You tend to say, yeah, baby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Raphael, baby. I was like, Rafa, it does, you know, I, I don't, he doesn't want you like I do. So I was like, uh, you can do this or not if you want to. If not, whatever. Good try, Rafael. I appreciate it. Um, so Kaipacha, I'm certainly I, not looking to emulate anybody. So yeah, rebel, rebel. All right. So um, something we do here uh, on the uh, podcast is correspond the episode. In this case, it's 228, which reduces down to three, which is the Empress card. I fully embrace life's rich fecundity. The Empress is about everything is possible, allowing abundance into your life, tapping into the creative flow of the universe, and starting something nurturing. Raphael, what angel card do you have? Number 42 is the Angel of Political Authority, interestingly enough, named Mikael. This angel belonging to the powers helps you travel safely helps businessmen, people in high society, and helps unravel conspiracies as well as political or social disorders. The meaning is, of course, who is like God? In a tarot it is associated to the Four of Swords and the affirmation goes, I take the time to think things out carefully before I commit. Qualities include political order, unmasking traitors, teacher, protection against accidents, 
and knowledge of good and evil. That's what's up. So, Kaipach, I'm curious if either of those cards have any synchronistic resonances for you. <laughs> Where did you get that angel card? <laughs> oh, it's a dope deck. Uh, actually, Raphael can explain it. I have the deck. Um, the Wizard of Odd, Y-Z-A-R-D, uh, is the creator of two decks. One of them is the angel card, and it's got all these cool uh, art on it. I'll send you a link at some point. But anyway, um, um, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I mean, there's uh, so many conspiracy theories going on out there right now that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's mind boggling and, uh, yeah, I, uh, astrology offers, uh, to me, uh, you know, a, uh, a clear picture of as above, so below as without, so within, uh, it, it's, it's like, uh, everything mirrors everything else and, and that helps bring a perspective that is true according to natural laws and and it really kind of breaks through a lot of these conspiracy theories so that's a kind of what i i'm just doing now i just i just actually as we were speaking i've uh, uploaded the today's pele report and it is uh, you know giving this week's uh, overview of of what's happening and hot off the press yeah yeah and you know what is what is happening now and what's coming up on saturday is a new moon in pisces and that that uh, new moon in pisces is conjunct venus and neptune and pisces is ruled by neptune and neptune is the planet and pisces is the sign of imagination fantasy hallucination uh, you know, all kinds of deception, all kinds of mystery. It is the unknown. Uh, it's the collective unconscious out of which just about anything can appear and show up. And so this is a time period now, particularly, I mean, that we you know that we're talking, the Sun, Venus, uh, Neptune are together right now. The Sun is I. Venus is love, and Neptune is uh, <laughs> Neptune everything. Is everything, and everything and anything. Right? <laughs> I love it all, <laughs> and and it's uh, got no boundaries, no laws, no rules. Uh, you know, it's it's multi-dimensional reality, and when that comes into third-dimensional reality, there's there's very often. Um, confusion so it can also be a pretty confusing time and kind of difficult for people to discern uh just what is true and what is not these days i hear that uh yeah hopefully with the northland and gemini we're kind of coming into a place of playfully exploring the dream uh and as we speak aquarius the moon is happening so what, what uh with the sun in pisces and the moon in aquarius as we're talking right now um, it reminds me a lot of Michael Crichton's Sphere, if you ever read that book or saw the film, where it's like, mm -hmm. if you go in, anything you dream comes true. Watch it. Careful what you think about. Careful what you dream about. Um, nightmares come true. Dreams come true. So um, before we kind of dip hard into the astrology, uh, which I do want to do if you're up for it, obviously that's one of your favorite things to do, um, I kind of want to give you some context. Uh, I turned on to you, I think, about six or seven years ago. 
I'm not exactly sure when. There was a point right around 2013, 2014. I'd gone through a huge breakup. Uh, I was having a heavy time with alcohol, um, and I wasn't quite. I had some psychedelic experiences before and some out of body stuff in high school. I'm 35 now, but um, at that point I was not quote woke if you want to put that way or ascending or however jargony you want to get with that stuff. And I started doing LSD once a week at one point for like a month or two. At which point I turned on to your Paley report, ironically, synchronistically, and then I couldn't unsee astrology. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, I see a Capricorn rising. I see their forehead. I see like a Leo rising. Oh my gosh, their chest. Oh, I just could see astrology. Like it all jammed out really hard for me. Um, and at that point, like you were pretty much the only astrologer I was paying attention to. I wasn't so into the scene that I knew even that many people did it, quite frankly. I mean, I'd you know seen newspaper clippings or whatever as a kid and knew I was a Gemini, but you were taking it into an archetypal, um, fun, educational place uh, in such a way um, that my kind of afterglow acid mind could grok it, and I was having a lot of fun with it. And then my friend, I had some friends be like, oh, if you like Hypochi, you like you know, people we've had on the uh, podcast, like the Leo King we just had on the last month. Uh, Gemini Brett's been on a bunch of times. I know you know him. Uh, Julia Simis, uh, Ari Mushel-Wolf, he just came on here today. So we've had astrolog- I mean, we've had a lot of people that aren't astrologers on the podcast, but in, a, in an odd way, this has become some kind of place for me to like try to grab people that I think are fascinating, slash, um, you know, really helpful on lots of fronts. And you, I would say, uh, are the grandfather of my astrological thinking, not in a demeaning way by any means. In some odd way, you remind me of my... Um, of, of my granddaddy who actually died, but much younger. Like, I don't, I, I think you're Scotch Irish or have some, you know, Celtic blood in you or something. So I wouldn't be terribly surprised if we weren't distantly related, aren't humans all. But uh, there's something about the way you've presented it and the way you've approached things that's playful, um, endearing, honest, um, authentic, and honestly just a breath, a breath of fresh air for me. And it's always something, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't really care at some level. Um, but I've quoted your uh, paleo reports for like six or seven years on Facebook. Like I, I, I correspond quotes to uh, images and stuff. So I've been trying to turn people on to you. A lot of people are fans of yours that are friends of mine. So it's not only an honor to have you on here, but it's kind of like psychedelic in its own way. Very, uh, you know, Neptune, Sun, Venus, and Pisces. Like, oh, the dream does come true. Like a year ago, I was kind of, we started this podcast. Raphael was like, you want to start a podcast? We talk about everything. So it's like, sure. And then it started coming to like ideas of who to bring on guest was. And you, Leo King, like there's a few people where I was like, these, um, Richard Rudd, he's been on a few people where I was like, I really want to get this person on. And I buried the seed and I, and here we are. So, um, magic happens, folks. Believe it. Pisces season's real, but, uh, it didn't come without a lot of time, effort, work, uh, even some technical difficulties. It's funny because the angel card was talking about travel. That's, we were supposed to do this next week, but you're like, I'm going to be traveling. I've got to reschedule. All good. Here we are. So that's a long-winded Gemini version of I'm aware of you, and I have been for a hot minute, uh, and your goings-ons, and I really do appreciate your shit. So thanks for coming on and giving us your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I would love to start, I mean, we don't have to start with single cell, you know, to uh, present day, but if you want to give us kind of drive-by history, as long-winded or short-winded as you want, uh, it doesn't have to be call me Ishmael along or anything like that, but um, kind of where you kind of grew up culturally when you started turning on to astrology um, and, you know, just the journey you've been on until recently. <laughs> you know, that gets longer every year. <laughs> That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> well, yeah. 
I think I'm going to cut it pretty short. I usually do. You know, I mean, I was uh, born in Chicago, uh, German family, uh, you know, uh, Catholic Republican lawyer father, uh, you know, super, you know, super straight, last of six kids, uh, went to the seminary for high school, kind of was, you know, interested in figuring things out, um, you know, pretty early on and uh, dropped out of that as soon as I got a girlfriend and uh, took off from Chicago at 17 with a pickup truck and that broke down, but I ended up hitchhiking to California where where I lived mostly on and off for, you know, uh, 35 years or so, I guess. Wow. Anyway, lots time of different flies. things. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 time, yeah, time flies. I, I was, you know, uh, hitchhiking, playing guitar. I got a Harley motorcycle and drove around and did a bunch of uh, psychedelics and, you know, dealt some other substances and, uh, you know, and then I uh, moved next door to an astrologer. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm 18. Uh, my, my motto was you only go around once in life. So grab for all the gusto. I mean, it was basically a beer commercial. <laughs> you and, have not yet heard Dane Rudyard's stuff, obviously. If you're yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. So I actually lived next door to an, an, an astrologer and I traded him some Coke. You know, we just got together because I was, I was dealing at the time and <laughs> we spent the afternoon and this guy just absolutely blew my mind. And that was really, you know, turned everything upside down. Uh, you don't only go around once. There is, you know, reincarnation, karma, you know, collective uncommon. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And and so I just, uh, yeah, at that point, I just grabbed every book I could and I did charts of everybody that I knew and just did a deep dive into, you know, uh, into the stars, uh, you know, starting back then. And, uh, and that was in the late 70s. <laughs> so... Um, from easy rider to astrologer. That's pretty cool. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Uh, I mean, not to dwell too much on your childhood, but like you were, it sounds like you were kind of raised in a modern American wasp wet dream or whatever. I can very much resonate to that. Um, did, did your parents, I mean, you were the youngest kid. Were they like, oh my God, he's off the rails. Pray for him. Or like, how did they handle, were they okay with you kind of doing your own thing? How, how did people respond to your kind of, because you have a lot of 12th house energy. Um, so it's like, were you just like this free spirit always? And they kind of accepted that or were they worried? Uh, mom said the rosary for me every day, <laughs> if that's what you mean. Uh, yeah, no, it didn't go over so well with my, uh, you know, with the Catholic, uh, parents there. And we, you know, we were, we, we grew pretty distant. Uh, I, I wasn't really that close, you know, with. I was more close with mom than dad, but I was, you know, they were in Chicago. I was in California. And when I took off, my dad's words were, don't call collect. Oh, that says a lot. Okay, I hear you. Because <laughs> I had older brothers and sisters split for California. <laughs> and, and they did call collect. So, I, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, man, they're all, you know, they're all gone. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, well, there was that's, a great uh, big disillusionment happening back then, the late 60s, early 70s, mid 70s, you know, like um, 
the ideals your family were coming from were being confronted head on with, you know, the age of Aquarius seed spreading, basically, whether it's astrology or psychedelics or Eastern thinking, like, you know, non Judeo Christian strict interpretive realizations of reality or whatever. Um, it, it was pretty rough. So, but in some weird way, I think you have a good idea on this, given your kind of perspicuity, given astrology, um, they signed up for those lessons or whatever, whether they did it, you know, it's their karma, I guess you could put it. So it's like whether they ran through the hall or crawled, they were in that hallway. Uh, they asked to be here during an aeon shift, just like, I guess, part of the, the older zeitgeist or whatever, the old guard. And it seems like, you know, people from the sixties and on have been more or less new guard. Um, whether that's starseed, uh, you know, assumptions or however one wants to talk about that. Um, all right. So you got to Cali, you're doing the, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of lifestyle, it seems. Um, and you got turned on to astrology. What would, do you remember? Like, I mean, you said it was like blowing your face other than, you know, being gacked out or whatever. Like, was there something specifically that was happening? Uh, like, was he like saying, Oh, this is your North node. You need to be a, you know, a playful mystic you know, uh, in Scorpio third house kind of thing. Like how is, how is he approaching you in such a way that kind of blew your mind? Uh, well, I had crashed my motorcycle and completely destroyed my knee. And, uh, you know, he says, well, you're, you know, you're going to have knee problems. Uh, he, he, he told me about my parents. He told me about my girlfriend that, uh, she was studying French and, uh, you know, uh, was into dancing and uh you know i mean he just like it was like i had never seen him before uh you know i and he knew me better than uh, anybody else you know that had known me for a very long time so i just um yeah you saw the resonated light. yeah yeah in some way it's funny because i just started a new job this week and i've been um reading my at a, a coffee shop and i've been reading all i'm the only guy and all the um other people are not that into astrology. A few of them know. And I'm like, oh, let me read your chart. And I just kind of do a drive-by, sort of like a two to you know four-hour reading or whatever. Um, and they're all like freaking out. Because once you have the vision and the, and the language to talk about this stuff, it's just like reading a book or, you know, a blueprint or something, a schematic. It's not, on, on the one hand, it's not that uh, crazy. But I guess if you've, you know, never been literate before and then you can read a book, it, it's mind-blowing. Um, right. so was there a certain school of astrology you were attracted to right away? Cause I know you were, you know, obviously Dan Rudyard is a big influence on you. Um, I have that book thanks to your new paradigm astrology. You linked it. Um, looks like a solid book because that's ironically what turned me on immediately as well. Um, it wasn't those Sabian symbols particularly, but somebody else's, uh, interpretations. And when I started reading the degrees and seeing the poetic kind of interpretations of these things, it clicked. I was just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like archetypal paint or something like that. And there's degree, you know, hues and different kind of stories going on. Um, but in any event, were you immediately kind of set on a trajectory towards evolutionary astrology or you were dabbling in, you know, like what was your kind of uh, mindset that on that front? Yeah, I pretty much dabbled around. I'm, you know, uh, Dane Rudyard, the first book that I read was, was uh, Dane Rudyard's book on the houses. So he took us around the, the, the 12 houses on kind of a journey. And after that, Stephen Arroyo uh, wrote a book, um, Astrology, Karma, and Transformation, which was, you know, really powerful for me. Alexander Ruperti, Cycles of Becoming, uh, was a student of Rudyard's. So I didn't really 
uh, bump into, you know, Jeffrey Green and evolutionary astrology till, I mean, his Pluto book came out later, um, like, you know, in the eighties. So I had studied all different, you know, Rob Hand and Noel Till and, you know, I mean, all these, uh, you know, all of these astrologers because, well, yeah, I mean, my, my story goes on, but I mean, I, at one point, just basically uh, dropped everything. And, I think that's uh, yeah. normal, actually. <laughs> like yeah, you oversaturate, yeah. and then you're just like, "Whoa, I need a chill pill." Yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of dropped everything about six or seven times and started over in my life. But uh, this particular time, I went to an Edgar Casey uh, uh, event of ancient Egypt and Atlantis, and he was the sleeping prophet, and he was a channel and. And so I uh, met this woman who said I was going to open up as a channel. And so I actually moved uh, down to Southern California, moved in with her, and started channeling extraterrestrials. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I uh, was given a, an invention. This uh, I called it the Astro Transit. And I ended up going back to Chicago, manufacturing it's a framed metal board with magnetic planets and signs. And I wrote this little instruction booklet. And then I traveled from New York to L.A., up and down and in and out. I went to all every astrology conference and every occult bookstore. I met all these astrologers, you know, from all over the place because I was trying to sell my, my astro transit. And, uh, and that really, um, yeah, I met some, uh, you know, pretty amazing, pretty amazing folks. During that so it's time. like the Johnny Appleseed of the new age, it sounds like running around. It's funny that you said that you, uh, tapped into channeling, uh, extraterrestrials. That's one thing Raphael does. He turned me on to Bashar and stuff. I'm not as gung ho about that, but Raphael, if you want to speak on that for a second, you can. Nothing much to say except that it's good, you know, to have experience in all kinds of fields. It's, in my view, ultimately all tying back together, let's say. And since you in particular mentioned evolutionary astrology, I guess we'll talk more about that because I've heard many good things. Well, the thing actually about that was that, so I travel all around and I meet this woman, uh, Dr. Braithwaite. She taught mathematics at the University of Berkeley, and she was friends, you know, with uh, 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 Franz Perls, who started the Gestalt therapy. And uh, she came up with what's called the taxonomy of the structured whole, which uses the laws of physics and mathematics. And she created these vectors to connect, uh, the, like, any given whole, whether it's the universe or a person or a company, or a nation, or any given whole would operate under these particular laws. And for the universe, it was like three bubbles, time, space, energy, and matter. And then they were connected with these vectors, uh, the uncertainty principle, okay, you know, connected together, you know, space, uh, you know, down, uh, you know, uh, to time. And the, the, the paradox uh, you know, tolerance for paradoxes. And uh, so she had all these laws of physics connecting together all these principles that basically, you know, explained, 
the entire universe. <laughs> and she has a dream that puts the signs and the planets on all of her vectors. And, uh, and, 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 and she, her mind is a little blown, but she becomes interested in astrology. And so I met her uh, at uh, a, a convention in L.A. when I was uh, selling my, uh, you know, my thing. And I, I moved in with her. And she's this 70-year-old black woman that would smoke cigarettes, watch television, listen to the radio, and talk to you at the same time. I mean, she, like, really blew my mind and was a very... I, I, can't, I can't really explain her that much, but she told me that it my sounds like guides, the Oracle of the Matrix or something like that. Uh, you know, she says, you know, uh, your guides are nothing but your uh, internal instinct that you have uh, projected outside yourself into the cosmos. So it's kind of a now, Jungian, uh, was she like a material reductionist? I mean, I'm not even against that approach, but that's very Jungian kind of like projection, psychological, like, you know, solipsism almost kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I, but, you know, I mean, I'm like 21 or something. And oh, shit. I hit, and I was just like, everything that I did, I checked in with my guides, you know, and my, you know, you know, and they, and they were directing me like, go here and say that and don't do that. And, you know, I would interrupt people at restaurants and start, you know, giving them messages. <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, I was like really going around, you know? And so like when she said that, I don't know what happened, but you know, it's like it burst my reality. And I actually vomited. I mean, I got, physically sick it was a very mind-blowing experience and at that point then i said whoa you know i gotta i gotta stop this channeling and so i shut the door on my guidance i shut the door on my channeling and i got into physics and I, you know, and I went back to university and I got a degree, uh, you know, in electronics engineering, you know, studying physics and mathematics so that I could figure out this taxonomy of the structured whole and, and become a little bit of her protege because she had plans for me. Sounds right in line with your uh, sixth house Chiron and Aquarius uh, with the vomiting, <laughs> like the epistemological yeah. table legs fall out. I had a similar situation in Switzerland once when I started realizing like, oh, you know, culture is an influence and then, you know, your body, like just epistemological kind of underpinnings. And I was like, how do I know anything? <laughs> like, you know, I could be hallucinating butterfly right now kind of shit, right? Um, so it's, yeah. it's very disorienting when that happens. Uh, it sounds like you kind of, like you said, hit pause on the, the woo, so to speak and went more towards um, a pragmatic approach. How did that pan out? Oh, man. I, I didn't want to go to a four-year university, so I went to this three-year you know, degree program, which basically was just computer industry job training. Shit, right? I, 
all the calculus was about capacitors and inductors and resistors and you know all of the calculus i mean like all this that i was going to study theoretical this that and the other thing and it was all extremely pragmatic man <laughs> so i ended up just like going out to silicon valley and getting a job as an electronics engineer in uh virtual microsystems was the name of it. And uh, yeah, I, I started designing computers and uh, I got married, uh, had a couple kids, bought a house, uh, you know, had, you know, had a couple cars. And Were you still into astrology at this point or did you shut that? Like, was that no, offline? No, no. The astrology stayed with me, but I didn't, I was like underground. I, I didn't want uh, anybody at work to know that I, you know, that I was into it because I didn't really want them to uh, suspect me. <laughs> well, my witchcraft changed. Oh, yeah, just yeah. hyper weirdness. I mean, that's like the 80s, 90s you're talking about, basically, like 80s. I mean, the, the trend was not towards magic with a K as much as it is these days, I don't think. It was more like no. you know, Wall Street and Coke and <laughs> computers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, this was the 80s. And, uh, and they were, I mean, I was, you know, just dealing with a lot of, I mean, these computer uh, software guys and hardware guys and, you know, the engineers. And I mean, you know, these are like super left brain wizards, you know, but definitely not. Uh, one or two of them, you know, would have leanings toward, uh, you know, the occult. Very little Empress in card energy in that domain. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that lasted for a while till I, you know, I had, I had a couple of kids and then, um, actually my sister, uh, turned me on to Rudolf Steiner because, uh, she became a, uh, uh, a teacher and I got into Rudolf Steiner, uh, because, uh, spiritual science using your thought and your thinking to penetrate the spiritual worlds. So this I took as a safe path towards permeating the, you know, and, and moving through the veils uh, rather than uh, strictly stop, stop your thinking, let go of yourself and be, uh, you know, an open channel. This was a German approach. <laughs> you know, uh, we are going to, you know, study the spiritual world. And so I, I got deeply into anthroposophy to the point where I uh, quit being an electronics engineer. And I uh, brought my kids uh, up and moved out of the city and uh, became a Waldorf school teacher. And, What's the underpinning philosophy of Waldorf School? Because I understand that it's stemming from Steiner's kind of um, philosophies, but what would, I mean, is it like, a, um, I'm forgetting the other kind of school where they just kind of let kids run around and do what inspires them? Yeah, Montessori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, he came up with a whole curriculum that, you know, the human being and, you know, children go through these phases and stages, uh, you know, of incarnating and, uh, the whole curriculum was art-based. It's an art-based curriculum. It is where there's no books, really. You create your main lesson books. Super you know. card. 
and 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 it's uh you know all about music and art and you know drawing and everybody learns how to knit you know and, and everybody you know i mean it's a very alternative approach towards and you, you learn how to read when you are ready to read you know i mean and some some kids you know yeah they couldn't read until sixth or seventh grade but Actually, I know one that he couldn't read at seventh or eighth grade, but he actually became a literature wizard, you know, uh, later on. So it's a very individualized, uh, you know, uh, program where the teacher stays with the students. It's like an so actual bond is formed. It's a karmic uh, connection where, you know, you take the kids through all of the eight grades and yeah you evolve with them and it's uh yeah it's probably probably more how it should be i mean we have such a weird systematized kind of jump to the hoop or else situation in educational systems um we don't have to go too tangential on it right now but it's like uh it sounds like that's more obviously like i said emperor's card but like an intuitive maybe holistic natural approach probably how our progenitors did it you know if you had an inkling for hunting and you were good with a bow, you, like you did that, as opposed to like everybody have proficiency in bow skills one hundred and one and or else. Exactly, exactly. Some kids are good at this, and some kids are good at that, and you just fostered, you know, uh, what was you know what was natural with the you know with the child. So it it, it worked out great, and you know, of course, I brought astrology to the sixth grade you know astronomy uh you know block and uh yeah it was you know it was a good time but um so did you like ask the kids for their birth times when you because i had a teacher once uh, in seventh grade ask for everyone's you know birth time and stuff in our myers-briggs i'm pretty sure she was psychoanalyzing us like constantly on the down low (laughs) um (laughs) were you doing that kind of thing being like all right there's the scorpio and they're always kind of over there and doing their own thing yeah that's right you know yeah i would i would make my seating charts according to the (laughs) it's like not a gaggle of gemini's please and it's so funny because i uh i would do i would uh compose birthday verses so when all right birthday, kind of like the pele report ish but not quite like the mantra weekly the weekly mantra that i do now really is so much kind of born out of that you know kind of experience of just you know creating these little short little birthday verses for kids so that was a nice time in life you know the kids were growing up and things like that but um it didn't last for i kind of did things for seven years you know i I went out Venus to Venus cycle when you dip, <laughs> you know, and I just, uh, I kind of helped my brother fix up houses and stuff for like seven years. And then I did the, the computer engineering for like seven years. And, and then I did the Waldorf teaching for seven years. And then I, uh, you know, I, I left, uh, left that and, uh, became a, uh, uh, contractor. So I, I was building alternative houses and uh you know straw bale houses and yurts and you know different uh types of uh, alternative housing there in california Um, so before we totally dip the waldorf scene i'm just curious when you were building these um kind of odes to the children for their birthday what was the schematic in your mind were you like i'm gonna like i mean you don't have to be you know completely verbose about it but it's like I'm, i'm wondering like 
were you trying to inspire them through their individual like chart approach or were you like i see this in you because you know yes you can't read johnny but you're an amazing you know artist or how are you how are you constructing those um gifts yeah no it was looking at the soul pattern uh and and just you know uh giving some energy uh towards uh strengthening uh you know the realms that uh you know needed some uh extra focus or attention or energy and so when they would you know say their you know birthday verses you know um it would just be a way of you know building up you know their uh soul energy that's what's up. I uh, think it definitely, like you're saying, I could see it having, uh, I wouldn't have guessed this had you not said it, but I could see that having kind of seeded somewhat the mantra situation and you probably, how you read charts, I haven't gotten reading from you, but it seems like you probably approach it similarly. These skills kind of all, um, you know, amalgamate to some greater kind of thing. And then that beast is, you know, your experiences writ large all across yourself in the present moment that is eternal or whatever is going on. So you dip from Waldorf. Um, was there kind of a horror story behind that, or were you just kind of like, I'm out of here? Uh, it was just kind of a seven-year cycle situation, like you're saying. Like, were you just like over kids, or were you just like, this chapter's done? Well, I got divorced, and, and my wife was a teacher at the school, and I fell in love with the secretary, and uh, it, that, that it wasn't going so good. <laughs> That's a good reason to eject, I would say. <laughs> you know, uh yeah, I needed to uh, get some space uh, there at that particular time in my life, and uh, so yeah, I was one another one of those times when I started over. I was living in the you know above the guy's garage that I, you know, was fortunate enough that he gave me a job working on his house, and you know, yeah, my kids were kind of like, what's going on? And yeah, I was just, you know, it was a, it was a time, but. Uh, I was, and then of course I had gotten into uh, evolutionary astrology with Jeffrey, uh, and I was doing more astrology and more astrology and um, working with him. And he, I don't know, actually, I, I contacted him when I uh, after reading uh, evolution, you know, evolutionary astrology volume one and two, and I said, you know, uh, he's, I saw that he had a school. And so I asked him uh, if he had scholarships because I was a Waldorf school teacher with three kids and I didn't have any money. <laughs> and, uh, and he came back uh, and said, uh, no, but, you know, you, you know, come, I'm coming to Sacramento. So I, uh, I met him uh, in Sacramento at a, at a, workshop that he was giving with Stephen Forrest and uh you know we went out to lunch together and uh he just gave me the course uh, I he just said you know yep you know let, let me just send you the course and did you see your mouth though or like what trick I mean is he like oh cool a cult teacher you got this run with you know, it like moon's at a, a 11 Gemini and his north node is at 11 Gemini Okay, so he was like, I see my, he was like Morpheus, and you were like Neo. He's like, I see you are the one. Conjunct your moon at 15, Gemini. Gang, gang. 
Yeah, no, it's Dang. really weird time. Uh, <laughs> you know, right now with the North Node there now. Anyway, um, so I mean, yeah. was he just like you're the guy to do? Like, I mean, obviously he probably resonated with you, Soul Family. But was he like, oh shit, uh, Tom, you got a bunch of skip steps. Watch out now. Or like, how did how did that whole kind of <laughs> meeting go? Uh, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's definitely a unique uh, personality, and uh, uh, he just. It, uh, I mean, we were with, you know, he, he introduced, you know, this is, you know, th this woman that he was with was, you know, his wife in a past life. And, you know, we went out to, you know, lunch together. And I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's looked at my chart. We've, we've had a, you know, a, you know, I mean, we've had a bit of a relationship over the years and um, yeah, he told me some things about my chart and, but um yeah, I just uh, stayed with him and and studied with him until he disappeared and went underground, you know, which is around 2001 or so. And uh, and then uh, what else did I do? At that time, I read this book called The Handbook for a New Paradigm. That was in The name must have made an impression on you. <laughs> it, yeah, it was these four little books that were channeled. And uh, it just talked about the new paradigm, which in in 2000, there weren't that many people talking about the new paradigm. So, you know, and I had gotten into Bashar, who was an extraterrestrial channel uh, you know, that also fascinated me. So, I, you know, I was returning back towards my right brain. <laughs> uh, you know, opening the chakras and whatever, and so I dropped just the asking because you mentioned Bashar about when was that? About what year? Uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, going down and seeing Bashar, and you know, working with all of his material. This was in around uh, two thousand, two thousand one, two and three. Because my question would kind of be initially, because that's. In a sense, I would say how I got introduced to channeling through, you know, a synchronistic chain of events. I don't need to recount right here. There's an episode on that. However, point being that to me, because you mentioned in a sense, you know, there is the left brain and the right brain approach. To me, at least, Bashar is one of the most, one could say unified or for a channeler, one of the most left brain that I'm aware of. How do you see that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love him. It's, it's uh, you know. Because I, I can very much grok what you mentioned initially in terms of, you know, it's there are individuals and everyone has this phase when potentially, you know, when you first, you know, crack open and you're also kind of supposed to walk around and give people messages in the cafe because you know, probably they really needed to hear it anyway. So I'm not even, you know, judging or saying one mode is prefer preferable to the other. It's just individual preference in the moment. However, Bashar certainly is one of those that I would say in terms of the universal laws and the simplicity and the logic that's as far as I could grok and I've seen or heard, I don't know how many transmissions is just astoundingly succinct and uh, consistent. Good day. <laughs> a good day to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen him in person, but I've, I've seen him in person yeah. a number of times. And, you know, I, I have sat down in front of him where, you know, he's at the end, you know, it's like, you know, come on down if you have questions. And, and That's the sociologically fascinating part to me, where it's like, it's one thing to kind of spit out like, okay, here's the pamphlet, you know, here's the schematic, do the do the thing. Because Raphael's way into him, and I've, I haven't ever been to him, and I've got a bunch of his stuff, I've listened to it. But, so on the one hand, you know, it's like this, the teaching, we could just say, and then it's like, open mic night now, and people ask questions, and, and the level of interaction is just as a gemini i find it so fascinating like this is like the most bizarre but like sincere thing i've ever seen in my life it it, it rings true but i don't know how to handle it because it's not something i'm used to i didn't mean to cut you off but uh go on yeah just the energy that i felt i, I sat down right you know kind of right in front of him and i just felt this like beam <laughs> you know these beams of energy you know, we're just like exuding, you know, uh, out of him. It was, it was, it was a very powerful experience that was, you know, uh, physical, you know, etheric and astral as well as, you know, just, um, you know. And at that, at that time, I was really feeling like I wanted to line up the, uh, the signs with extraterrestrial races, you know, it's like, okay, the Arcturians are Aquarius and the Pleiadians have to be kind of Pisces. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to be, I really wanted to, you know, uh, combine and work together with, uh, you know, uh, Bashar's material, the extraterrestrial material and, and astrology. And, you know, I mean, I, I always do this. I mean, I, I got into Aleister Crowley's, uh, you know, Tarot deck, the Thoth uh, deck, and wanted to, you know, combine uh, more of astrology and Tarot together. And I was into numerology, and I wanted to. Be, I, I, I've always striven to, of course, you know, uh, bring things together because they all mirror each other. But um, yeah, you don't have to apologize for that. I mean, syncretism seems to be the kind of um, in the Renaissance period, like people didn't have perspective, and then Da Vinci pops on the scene, and everyone can now draw perfectly well with perspective. It seems like we're in a similar kind of um, wormhole for human consciousness at this point, where maybe you know it took a long time for disparate cultures to have their kind of archetypes and different you know karmas and all this stuff, and now because of the internet, because of a lot of things, um, the harmonic convergence, according to Bashar, all sorts of stuff um is happening in such a way that we can we have like more of a rosetta stone on um life i guess you could say not that uh, i mean it's tricky it's a hollow fractal dream or whatever it always fucks my head up in my most lucid moments i giggle in my most non-lucid moments i'm terrified <laughs> and like you know terrence mckenna it's like no one's in control of the dream oh my god um but it seems like we're starting to get to a place where you don't have to i mean i'm not saying it you know, specifically for you, but I am saying it while you said it. We don't have to apologize. You know, if you like dream rivers and you like astrology and you also happen to be a Christian, cool. Like it's the syn right. syncretic kind of North Node Gemini time. It's not so much South Node Sag yeah. where it's like, you know, dogma or else, uh, you right. know, that, those days are over. Like, you know, oh, yeah. infidel burn or, you know, that kind of stuff is not happening. It's, it's not the ticket now. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, Jeffrey, uh, when he looked at my chart, uh, pointed me in the direction of shamanism. And, and so I was uh, also do, uh, doing some journeying and combining, you know, um, 
yeah, just being out underneath the stars. And I got into shamanic astrology with uh, Daniel Giamario. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, just, I haven't gone, I haven't gone through the, the, all of this in a long time, you guys. <laughs> Call me Indiana oh, Jones. Thank you. I try. I mean, astrology is cool, but it's like, look, I mean, I'll watch your paleo report to know what the fuck's coming up next. You know, it's like that. Everyone's got the link below the show, so that's covered. We can talk about everything else as well. It's really up to you. (laughs) So Uh, when you say shamanism was a direction he gave you, was that because of a certain aspect? Slash, what does shamanism in that context mean to you? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, uh, it was my Jupiter and Virgo, actually, that, uh, that he, uh, pointed out as uh, specifically relating to uh, shamanism. Um, I mean, I do have the North Node in Scorpio, which I also associate with that. But um, yeah, it's uh, so that that just had uh, you know. I mean, I had read Carlos Castaneda, you know, thirty years earlier, <laughs> you know, when they came out. I mean, so I was into Don Juan and the Datura route and, uh, you know, all of that, you know, a very long time ago. But so he kind of rekindled, you know, this uh, just this idea of, uh, you know, journeying, you know, and using drums and, and receiving direct transmissions from the planets and the stars going out in the desert of Nevada and, you know, laying, you know, beneath Mars and receiving the energy from Mars, you know, um, and making it much more of a very real, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say tactile, but, you know, just it's like an imbibed you know. experience more. Yeah, it's in, it's embodied. It's not a computer printout with, uh, you know, definitions from a book. It, it becomes much more of a living, breathing, uh, you know, um, experience of, you know, and that's, and that's when I, you know, I would have to get together with people, you know, to do readings with them because there's an energetic connection and, you know, people that send you, you know, uh, readings uh, recorded or this, that or the other without making you know, this type of soul connection uh, to me is, it's very important. It's a, it's a big part of the work. And it also turns astrology as, as well as shamanism into a healing art. And, and with an emphasis, you know, on, on this healing element, working with, you know, energies that, uh, you know, have been in ways suppressed, denied, distorted, uh, traumatized, and, and, uh, you know, and then I got into yoga and right. And I got into Kundalini yoga and, uh, Yogi Bhajan. Um, and again, this is working with the, with the energies and the, the 10 bodies, uh, you know, not just the physical, etheric astral and, you know, but going even beyond and, and again, finding correlations between the chakras and the and the planets and the signs and the astrology and the just the energy patterns of a human being, and how those unfold through time. All evolution occurs through cycles. Astrology is the study of cycles. It's the study of evolution. It's the study of you know how uh, manifest how destiny manifests you know through the third dimension. So. 
it just kind of naturally, there was just kind of a natural flow uh, from that point, I think, in my life that I, uh, I kind of left and I, I moved out to Hawaii and left uh, the woman that I was with and again kind of started over with, uh, with Pele. And I lived at the, you know, at the foot of the volcano and, and watched uh, the, the lava flowing out of my bedroom window and would spend a lot of time in, you know, just laying on the volcanic rock and, uh, and working with some kahunas out there and wanting to uh, learn the Hawaiian language. And, and uh, at that point, I was going to just, um, you know, swim with dolphins and eat coconuts and do yoga for the rest of my life. I, I actually wanted to disappear and get away from everything and particularly people, which I found rather bothersome. And uh, yeah, so that uh, I, I ended up getting a little, uh, uh, you know, one of those uh, Logitech cameras uh, so that I could Skype. Uh, with my kids on the mainland and uh, it said you could make videos so I we just went out in the backyard and did a little astro report and I uh, put that out there and I don't know what happened it was <laughs> things just at that point uh, boom this was like 2010 2011 I don't think anybody was on YouTube or anybody was doing, you know, stuff, uh, you know, online at that point. Uh, I've had a lot of people. In fact, the Leo King contacted me. You know, he says, we're born on the same day and I'd like to do, you know, I'd like to do videos like you're doing videos. I noticed that and you I guys said, are both zero degree Leo. So I was like, oh, snap. You know, and, and, and this is like after I'd been doing it like five or six years or something. I don't know. And, you know, people... Anyway, so he saw my stuff and he, he wanted to, you know, uh, duplicate it or, you know, do. And I said, yeah, sure. It's a, it's a big, open, free world. Go for it, man. And I remember his first videos. He was <laughs> out in his driveway in the suburbs, you know, when he first got started. That was a trip, you know. Not quite course, a volcanic uh, background. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, after that, of course, I've seen, you know, uh, one after another, after another, after another, you know, uh, start doing their, doing their YouTube videos and stuff. And, well, I think a lot of people are, should, I mean, whether you want that recognition or not, like a lot, myself included, I do astrology readings and I can very much um, attest to what you're saying in terms of, uh, I won't just send people chart, like I want to talk to you on the phone for two to four hours. Not hard for me to do, clearly. Um but there's something about connecting with people. And I think uh, much not to get to like colonial history or whatever, but it's like much in the same way that there's pioneers um, that settle a new frontier. You settled a new frontier and other people came through and said, oh, this is possible. So I, I really do appreciate what you've done. You, you know, macheted a lot of the undergrowth for people to understand where not to step, where the booby traps, <laughs> you know, um, how to be authentic. I think that's the biggest thing because astrology has been around forever. You know that. I mean, it's like an ancient art. Um, but I think it tends to be very academic, stodgy, um, you know, very uh, just not fun. <laughs> it hasn't been probably fun for a long time. And I think people like yourself bring in this element of playfulness, creativity, um, and 
like you were saying, syncretism, bringing all these kind of elements together to create a chimera, a kind of experience that so fundamentally postmodern and new age, if you want to put that new paradigm, I mean, it's a better way probably to put it, where you have, uh, you're like a midwife of the new Aeon is how I look at it, right? Um, I don't think we're quite there yet. <laughs> like we're not, you know, uh, but it seems like we're, we're leaving the old, um, that's the whole Pluto return in America and all this kind of stuff we're dealing with now, at least conjunctions last year. And um, you, you, I mean, I don't have to geek out. You kind of know what I'm saying, but like the, the head is crowning <laughs> of the new Aeon and it's not birth yet. The, you know, it's still in utero technically, but it's like the internet, I think it's very much the, um, in a Marshall McLuhan kind of way, an externalization of the nervous system into a new domain. And we're exploring ourselves in new and different ways. It's fascinating. Um, and I actually lived in Oahu for two years. I desperately want to get back to the islands. Uh, but there's something about um, the people for sure, but the spirit of the land. I'm not sure if it's because it's newer Earth, you know, terra firma, like you were watching Earth get built and it's got a different kind of charge or what's going on. But there is definitely an aloha spirit and like, and a different kind of vibe there. So I do not, um, uh, you weren't running away and trying to be with the dolphins. I think you were attracted to some real magic on earth or whatever. But uh, anyway, maybe now would be a good time uh, since we kind of caught up to the present moment. We could talk about Costa Rica stuff. Take a quick music break if you want to go to the bathroom or anything like that. Um, and when we come back, we'll plop into Costa Rica. Um, any kind of stuff you want to talk about uh, astrologically, things of that nature. Sound good? Sounds great. Yeah, you betcha. Right on. All right, so we're back in five minutes.
come back. Little Almond Brothers. Fantastic. That was great. I don't know how familiar you are with them. I mean, I'm guessing you've heard the Almond fucking Brothers. Uh, but ironically, uh, Dwayne Allman died on a motorcycle, right? And then one year to the day on the same fucking bend of a road, his bass player died also, which is, I'm, I wish I knew their charts. I mean, I'm sure it's not culpable, but that's kind of crazy karma weirdness, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I love the fun jam. Yeah, I, I, I play a bunch of them on my guitar. What the fucking uh, Crossroads is one of my favorites <laughs> so i intuited correctly yeah the almond brothers are uh i mean they don't get a lot of credit everyone's always like eric clapton or you know jimmy hendrix i'm like great almond shreds you know like uh dickie yeah. betts i think was the other guitarist uh they shred yeah 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 great so Stuff, we could man. kind of take this any which way you want we could talk about music and guitars and we could talk about hawaii we could talk about astrology um is there anything pressing on your mind at the moment i can definitely pull things out of the rabbit hole so to speak well i i suppose you you mentioned costa rica and so i, I that's a good starting point just kind of thinking where i could just keep going with the with the story with the timeline so you did the hawaii thing the i mean the pele, uh pele blessed you with the pele report and then at some point uh i guess you started traveling the world a bunch and it, it's funny because uh, you know the mothers of invention, Frank Zappa, is also not a great guitarist. Um, it seems that you're getting that little cam to talk to your kids was a necessity that created the mother of the invention of your online, uh, you know, ability. So walk us through anything on that front, and we'll keep on trucking, as they say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, the mother of invention reminds me of uh, Zappa. He had some good. Anyway, um, so yeah, I uh, Yogi Bhajan said the birth of the age of Aquarius was going to be on eleven eleven eleven, and so there was a big uh, uh, Kundalini uh, gathering uh, over there in Rishikesh, uh, India, November eleventh of two thousand eleven, and. Quick pause. Uh, I just okay. So that that's what they. Uh, your the yogi said that I was the age of Aquarius. I'd hadn't smoked DMT ever uh, until eleven eleven, like November in eleven. Um, I got got back from two years in Hawaii. I got baptized in the Pacific. I mean, I lost my virginity there. I have a Venus aspect going through Oahu, so it doesn't surprise me all this stuff. In any event, um, got back to the states. I was in Richmond, Virginia, and I was selling weed and kind of just drinking paps and doing my thing, and um. I went to my dude and I was like, I want something harder, but not like Coke. I don't really fuck with that kind of stuff. So, uh, and I hadn't gotten into acid the same way I had more recently. And he's like, oh, here, have some DMT for free. And I was like, well, okay. And I'd heard about Terrence McKenna and, you know, understood it was kind of a big deal. Um, went home, blasted off, talked to Egyptian deities and had my Kundalini activated, basically, uh, in the hollow mott or wherever the fuck I was. But the fact that you just said that kind of <laughs> stirred something in me where I'm like, oh, that's exactly when I was, I mean, I don't think it was the 11th day of November necessarily, but it was like, you know, that month for sure. Pretty uh, close. That year. <laughs> yeah, like, close enough. Uh, close to cigar, right? It's like, Tiger's the runner. You entered the age of Aquarius if nobody else. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was nuts because I, I mean, I blasted off, like I said, talked to this very Saturnian, Plutonian guard or something and he's like psychically scanning me because i didn't know what to expect it's you've done ayahuasca i've never done that kind of stuff rafael's done ayahuasca so i was just like oh this would be like mushrooms man it'll be like van gogh vision whatever i put on some philip glass and i thought it was going to just 
trip, like, you know, mildly or whatever. No, 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 no. You know, blast off, find myself with these deities scanning me psychically, being like, you're a Christian, huh? And I'm like, what? Uh, you know, like not, I mean, I am a Christian, but the point is like, I wasn't expecting any of this jazz, right? And then as soon as I kind of got through that first guardian of the threshold or whatever the fuck was going on, this kind of Horus energy or something. Steiner. Uh, yeah. Um, I met Isis or Mott or something, this feminine Shekinah electric rainbow thing come in, came into my stomach and, you know, basically the root all the way up was like, dug, 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 and I ripped off all my clothes reverse Garden of Eden style. It was like most ecstatic state I've ever been in. And I was just like, every myth is true. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my, uh, you know, um, but that was that time basically. So I uh, wasn't expecting it. And it definitely seems to correspond with what uh, Yogi Bajan, uh, I think what you said it was saying. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you said that, I was like, Hey, <laughs> slight detour here for an anecdote, but this is relevant. So anyway, I digress. So age of Aquarius pop. And they said, uh, <laughs> go on with your shtick. <laughs> well, at that point, I don't know the uh, I, uh, the 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 Pele report had gone around a little bit or something, but you know, I had some people that invited me to Australia, you know, uh, and wanted to do a workshop or something, and I, that was really kind of when I started doing workshops and uh, started traveling, and I went from India down down to Australia, and you know, and back to Hawaii, but you know, I was. Anyway, I was, I was having some challenges with my relationship with my Hawaiian uh, goddess out there. And uh, I got invited to uh, an ashram uh, in Brazil, Matri Sedan. Um, and, the, the, you know, the, the, there was an ayahuasca ashram. It was, it was a very unique uh, type of setting where uh, the main uh, female guru had gone over to India and studied and, and become kind of a, a yogi, but was sent back to Brazil to uh, uh, start this ashram. And then she just, you know, did ayahuasca ceremony after ceremony after ceremony and, uh, and built the ashram. And um, they somehow got a hold of the Pele Report and invited me down there with my uh hawaiian goddess who was also an astrologer and uh so we uh, it was my first time uh and of course they did it three days a week and um every weekend and traveled around the world to sacred sites and you know brought it with them and uh anyway that was where i got the name kaipacha it was in the middle of a, a ceremony uh, staring at the fire and uh, you know she came over and uh, and gave me this name you know she didn't speak English but she says Kaipacha you are Kaipacha <laughs> it was right out of a movie man anyway, so the Leo Stellium is staring uh, into Kaipacha the flames Puma. <laughs> okay I was gonna yeah, say what does it translate to okay, it's Puma. Uh, Inca yeah, it's uh, the the Inca language for Puma, which is the guardian of the middle realm. You've got, uh, you know, the the condor, the puma, and the serpent are the three worlds of the you know of the celestial world, the middle world, and the underworld. So Kaipacha has to do with you know mastering the world of the senses, and she 
gave me this name and says, you know, the more that people call you this, the more they give you this energy, and this has to do with part of what you're about, you know, in this lifetime is to, you know, master your senses. <laughs> so, which I have to say, I have not quite achieved <laughs> at this point, you know, but uh, I, I don't worry, we're all in process or else we wouldn't be yeah. here. I don't think. <laughs> Uh, you dip out when you're done, I guess, or something like that. So had you done ayahuasca before? I mean, I know you had done psychedelics, you know, it sounds like in the 70s, kind of like acid or whatever, you know, yeah. drugs. But it's like ayahuasca I haven't done. And DMT is the most profound, like ineffable is not even the right word. You know, it's hard to translate these things. Were you ready for the experience? Like how, what was, you don't have to go into, you know, trip report details necessarily, but it's like, what was that like for you? Uh, well, it... Uh... It changed at my trajectory. Uh, I, I split up with my uh, fiance. Uh, we went down there together, and uh, she went home alone. And uh, that's serious I stayed, shit. Oh my god! I, I stayed down there. In fact, I never did go back to Hawaii. I, uh, I even even my guitar that I had uh, since high school. You know, she sold my guitar in a garage sale, man. Anyway, that's a low blow. I'm a know, guitarist. I, I get it. I, I I stayed there, but I uh, I changed my ticket and went back to uh, San Francisco and uh, asked her to uh, you know send me my stuff that I was on a new uh, new path and uh, it was a, another one of those resets. You know, I've. Like I said, I've done, you know, five or six of these life uh, resets. And then uh, that was one of them. And, and I, you know, I, I still continued. Uh, uh, interestingly, I mean, I have never missed a Wednesday Pele report uh, since like 2011 through, you know, through a lot of different travels and a lot of different uh, personal experiences. But I, I kept on doing that, and uh, I got invited down to Costa Rica uh, to, you know, to do a workshop. And uh, I came down here, and that is, uh, I stepped off the plane, uh, and someone, the, the friend of a friend of the workshop organizer was having a birthday party at an Indian restaurant. Did I want to go? Well, I love Indian food. And I love parties. And I had just landed and I was hungry. And so I said, sure. And that's where I met my current wife, Aura. And the full, she's a Pisces, full moon in Virgo. Uh, on her birthday, uh, we met and I basically just stayed here. I uh, moved in with her shortly thereafter. It's funny how practical magic can be. You're like, I was hungry, and I like curry, uh, and I like to have a fun time, so sure. And it's like, I mean, Bashar would say that's following your highest excitement, I guess. But um, like, it's things that interested you that led you to the place you find yourself now. It's always funny, I guess, in retrospect, when you see the dots connecting. Um, some days are more... I mean, every moment's precious, but some moments are more profound, I guess, karmically or something like that. So it sounds like uh, you stepped off the plane, took a breath of fresh air and said, here I am or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
We've actually had a guest on a few times um, named Alicia Hall Young, I think, or Young Hall Space, and she lived like in your hood, uh, in wherever you live now, um, for a year or two. I don't know where she lives. She's still in Costa Rica. Uh, she's an expat American. Um, but yeah, she was like, oh, I'm in the same valley. I, you know, the, I guess the river that you go to has a bunch of amethyst in it or something like that. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a dope ground. I mean, in drug culture, if you find drugs in the ground, it's a ground score. It's like amethyst in a river? That's a ground score. <laughs> the Rio Machuca is an amazing. Well, if you've watched the Pele Report, you've seen the river because, you know, it's across the street. And I, I do a lot of reports down there at the river. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very amazing, powerful, magical place. And periodically, when the bull lets you, you get to the mountaintops and hillsides and stuff. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been watching your paleo reports pretty much every week for seven years or something at this point. You know, so it's I, I, like I said, you're kind of a a drug is a small, you know, a strong word, but it's like uh, my astro fix is your paleo report. And your mantra very much wow. helps center it. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it's it's real talk. Like I'm not just you know blowing smoke in your direction. Like this has been a uh, Jim is a real fanboy. I can attest. Oh, hard. And hard, I've hard, seen hard. the memes all around with your quotes and uh, meme <laughs> pictures. So it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lying. Um, so I, I we could talk about all sorts of levels of Costa Rica, but I am curious. That river has some. Uh, you just talked about it recently in a video, but I'm spacing on what the attribute is. Like nickel and some other mineral come together and they create color coloration. That's all weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that was the Rio Celeste uh, that I uh, just uh, went up to visit and did my last. Uh, yeah, there was a report or two, uh, a, a week or two ago. It was actually my wife's birthday again. And we went up there and we stayed on that river. Could you, did you believe that river? No, Have it was very psychedelic. Seen... Oh my God. Like it's a naturally occurring know. situation. That's what I was like. It didn't, it looks like a chemical spill or something, but it's not, I mean, it's a chemical reaction, you know, science or whatever, but um, what yeah. was going on specifically there again? Just so people who have I, no clue what we're talking about kind of get in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. I went right up to the confluence between Oh, it's like Iron Creek or something, and you know, and, and it runs runs into this river, and the river's coming down from the volcano or something, and it's got some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know all the chemicals, but I don't, I don't. Some think particular it's sediment exists in this one runoff yeah, that yeah. meets this other river that causes what we're talking about, which is like, and then, uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, it's like turquoise it's like fluorescent it's it's amazing and it goes for when it, it is interesting because after i did the report it was really great it's when the sun hits it that it really turns this amazing light light blue so on a cloudy day it's not as blue and then when it rains and you get a lot of rain runoff it's not really so blue and it you know, it's like after I did the Pele report, the next couple of days, it's in this rainforest and it started rain. It's like I got there at just the right time. <laughs> but so it stays that blue for maybe a, a 27 kilometers before it just kind of, you know, gets diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted, you know. But, uh, yeah, y'all. Google yeah. the Rio Celeste, I guess it's called, and check it out. What we're talking about, it's fascinating. It reminds me a little of how um, I've seen images of where the Pacific and the Atlantic meet, and there's just like 
this non-mixture zone of color differentiation. The Earth yeah. is rather interesting alchemical school if we have eyes to see. Yeah, and Costa Rica is just a very magical, you know, I mean, I like the volcanoes of Hawaii and I came to, you know, I came here and there's 26 volcanoes here in, you know, in, uh, and the, the, the tropics are just, um, you know, it's year round. Mother nature is, you know, embracing, supporting. The, there's more tropical fruits than I can even remember. Names. Hence the banana report. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know? I, that butterfly sanctuary, fascinating, um, you know, flora and fauna. I mean, I've, I would, I was in Ecuador uh, for three months and Australia before the COVID thing popped. Um, but Costa Rica is a pretty biodiverse place, like probably one of the most, uh, yeah. you know, most biodiverse places for the square mileage. Do you think you're a child of Vulcan? I mean, you do have a Leo stellium. Are you like attracted to fire earth areas or how are you looking at that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't really correlated so much and, and uh, worked uh, so much with uh, Vulcan, but um, you'll have to. I was being facetious. I, I wasn't opening you to like, you know, like a simple <laughs> myth. I was like, you know, I could have said paleo, I guess, but. Uh, I'll actually, I, I... actually, I'll tell you some of what brought me also to Costa Rica had been on my radar, you know, before I came down here and, and met Lauda because. Uh, Tom Kenyon is another uh, uh, fellow that I paid a lot of attention to. He wrote the, the Magdalene Manuscript, and he's a musician. He's got like this five-octave voice, and he uh, channels the Hathors, uh, you know, who, that uh, are associated with the Egyptian uh, civilization and are from Sirius uh, the, and uh, connected to Venus and Sirius and Egypt and so he uh, you know he was uh, he he spoke about the energy vortexes on planet earth and uh, he was actually at one point he's, he's up in up in Seattle but he first brought me and said you know Costa Rica is one of the places on planet earth that you know has a a, a super powerful vortex of energy and 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 he was actually going to like be coming down here and and uh doing something and that was back oh gosh you know maybe 20 years ago or something you know that so that kind of like boom that first like lit me up you know and then you know i started hearing more about it they don't have there's no military you know there's no army here they, Super green they, they, culture. I mean, as far as I can it, tell. Yeah, you know, it's uh, all of their energy is uh, hydro, so they don't have they don't have any uh, coal or oil or they're, they're not burning anything for their electricity, and it's uh, yeah, it's you know a quarter of the country is uh, natural parks, you know, so twenty five percent of the you know the land here is uh just well i mean some of it is wilderness because you can't possibly penetrate the jungle <laughs> you know? guy says no um it's funny because we've had some guests on um sam is one i'm thinking of rafael right and alicia there but uh in costa rica sam is on the coast though 
Um, he's a graduate, uh, I think, either of, I think NYU uh, or Columbia. I forget. Columbia. Columbia. Okay, yeah. See, I screwed this up last time. Anyway, he's doing a lot of cool stuff down there. Um, but kind of, you know, a, a millennial kind of, it seems like a mecca for a lot of people who are on the wave. There's the whole um, Envision Festival, right? That situation going on, um, which I have friends who are part of that. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There was a guy who, um, well, he was on once, but he and a few people, um, actually, before COVID, I was going to go down there. They're like, we have a place. Come on down. We have the biggest stage in Costa Rica, outdoor stage in Costa Rica. Come do some stuff. Um, it was going to be a hostel, but because of COVID, they've switched over, and I guess they're now making some product with locals and doing something else. But he used to be a Google lawyer or something like that. He's like a Sun Moon Aquarius or something. Cool guy. His name is Rick, I think. Um, I'm spacing on his name now, but, um, it sounds like there's kind of a new wave, a new paradigm. The shift is happening, uh, and people are finding that more hospitable on a lot of fronts. I mean, would you say that, I, I you know, sometimes like San Francisco in the sixties yeah. was like kind of a wave, like, okay, we're all going there. Um, do you think that's the kind of same idea sentiment happening now? Like a new colonial, I mean, colonialism is a hard word, a new, uh, pioneering spirit is going there. Yeah, I mean, I almost hate to talk about it because I get emails and Facebook messages and <laughs> I'm coming, you know, I want to come to Costa Rica. Where should I go? What should I do? And then, I mean, I, I could become uh, some kind of a tour guide or real estate agent for Costa Rica. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's, well, there's, a, a, massive, okay. yeah, there's a, a massive movement, you know, of, uh, you know, of people uh, seeking some sanity. And, uh, yeah, and this is a very, uh, sane, uh, place, to, you know, to be and to live and, uh, yeah, nature. I mean, is very I was going to say nature, you can connect to nature anywhere, but it seems like, uh, especially tropical kind of places, um, it's paradisical and a lot of people tend to be, you know, cubicle city commuting, like, you know, like people in Milwaukee don't know what the fuck's going on in terms of like natural beauty. Though, don't get me wrong, you know, like I was saying, all of Gaia is beautiful in its own way, like the marshlands, you know, the lakes of Minnesota. But there's something very specific about um, those, you know, Hawaii, Costa Rica, um, these kind of tropical paradise places that draws the imagination and the spirit in a very particular way. And apparently there's vortexes. So, I mean, that adds to the mystique as well, obviously. Uh, so what's your favorite? I mean, I, it looked like, um, I, I don't know what your situation is now, but I remember you doing some videos from like a huge kind of construction yoga thing you had built. What's going on with your life in Costa Rica these days? Well, actually, I mean, I, I when I came down here, I uh, was invited to uh, the Envision Festival uh, that uh, you, you mentioned. And uh, Stephen Brooks is the, the fellow that... Uh, does that and he's invited me to speak there a few times and uh he is uh also associated with uh echo via uh la echo via is a uh condominium slash community that uh, he started as a permaculture community and uh you know there's just a, a we have a big organic uh common garden and uh, they've got an alternative school and a uh, big biodigester, the biggest one in Central America or something, I guess. But, uh, you know, recycled roads and things like that. And uh, so it's a bunch of people, you know, that, you know, came together. And in fact, uh, now that's, that's all filled up. 
but Stephen, he lives across the street from me, so we're kind of buddies. And uh, he's started another one, AllegriaVillage.com, with 150 lots. And so we've got a lot of people that are seeking, like I said, you know, to... uh, you know, grow their own food and live in a toxic, somewhat toxic free environment. And, you know, if you can put up with the scorpions and the tarantulas, and <laughs> you're probably <laughs> going to be all right. But, you know, it's... Uh, and the howler monkeys, own... so I hear. <laughs> yeah, the howler monkeys are out there, you know, and they'll wake you up at like four or five in the morning. And, uh, you know, but it's... Uh, I love looking out the window and watching the monkeys, uh, you know, from my living room. It's, uh, I can't it's imagine being on psychedelics and like seeing a monkey. Oh, shit. Like, uh, that <laughs> yeah. thing is bipedal. I think you would and, love it. Yeah, You'd no, probably I, I, start chasing them, Jim. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Uh, but maybe having telepathic moments with our common ancestor or whatever's going on. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little about astrology. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about Costa Rica, you know, yeah. favorite parts, worst yeah. favorite, you know, scorpions, that's not ideal. But, I mean, no place is perfect. That's the one thing about Hawaii that was awesome. It was like there's no snakes. There's not really, you know, deadly things other than maybe, you know, a great white shark out there or something like that. Um, but, yeah, Costa Rica and Australia have a little more. Uh, the beauty has a price tag, I guess you could say. Uh, there's, um, you know, deadly creatures. Well, I, before we leave Costa Rica, like what's your favorite, you know, kind of bullet um, points, uh, aspects, you know, the green living, it seems like kind of a woke is a strong word, but it's like, you know, um, it seems like burning man, people who have their shit together are going down there basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, and what's, that, your, that what's your like my, least favorite yeah. parts, I guess. Also, I'm curious, you know, and, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, the Caribbean has its own special beauty that's different, uh, than the Pacific and the, the cloud forests, uh, you know, have a different uh, energy than uh, Chiripo, which is rather deserty. Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's a a, a wide variety of, uh, you know, um, microclimates uh, down here that is is also beautiful, and of course the beach. And in, in fact, I actually do want to, you know, I would like to spend more time at the beach and closer to the beach. Um, you know, that's where, where I live. The river is beautiful, but it's still like 45 minutes out to the beach. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, it's just kind of natural and there's no army and the, it's Pura Vida is their pure life. You know, Pura Vida is the you know hello and goodbye you know kind of thing down here and it's 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 a it's a laid back you know a far more laid back uh culture very simple people you know farmers uh markets and thing you know i mean people uh, people are really living close close to the earth uh here at least outside of san jose and i really appreciate that so we recently had an Iroquois. Um, I'm not sure if he's like an elder or what. Raphael had him on. He's friends with him, actually, and they've hung out. Uh, but he was talking about, I guess, in a native lore, um, like the Europeans are people of the fire. Asia is essentially people of water. 
um, Africa's people of the air, and then I guess the Americas are more people of the earth. So it seems to kind of go with that vibe. Was kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, it's uh, it's really nice. It's really nice, and particularly during these times. I mean, if you want to get into the astrology of it, Uranus going through Taurus, <laughs> you know, Pluto moving through Capricorn. We've got some, you know, uh, some tower card Earth. moments. Yes, you know, uh, and, you know, I I think that actually food production uh, and food distribution is going to become uh, more of an issue as, uh, you know, the climate uh, continues to change. And, yeah, I think that that this place is very, you know, it's like food year round, you know. Uh, the fruits and you know, I mean, just like everything is blooming and blossoming and growing all the time. And it's got coffee and cacao and, you know, all the necessities are, are right here, you know. So it's a, it's a, it's a really beautiful place. So like I've said uh, many times now, I've been watching Paleo Reports forever Let's talk a little about astrology. Um, and just to caveat, I mean, it seems like you're going, I, not that you're beholden explicitly to evolutionary astrology, but it seems like that's the cup you draw the most uh, liquid from. Am I right in presuming that? Yeah, I kind of felt like when I, um, it, it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I you know, Jeffrey uh, kind of uh, disappeared on me when he went underground. And then I got involved with uh, Daniel Giamario and did shamanic astrology and at one point, he appointed me to be the director of his school until uh, I deviated from his whole sign house uh, system, which I tried and didn't like, and I didn't embrace it. And he said, you had to use that house system to be a shamanic astrologer. So I got out of that school and I, and I, w- I went with, uh, you know, Maurice Fernandez and I studied with him for a while. But you know, and we were going to start a center in Hawaii together, but we had a little bit of a falling out. And so I just went through teacher after teacher after teacher, man, <laughs> until I until I finally said, you know, with my Saturn and Sagittarius, wow, I am, the I guess I'm supposed to be the freaking teacher myself. So <laughs> I, you know, I so I started New Paradigm Astrology and I, I kind of felt like it's a blend because I was into Uranian astrology uh, uh, quite some time ago uh, when I first, you know, with uh, Gary Christian uh, over there. Um, and so I've, I, yeah, I have, and I got into cosmobiology, uh, you know, with Ebertine and Alfred Witte, uh, you know, uh, the, the German, uh, you know, guys that got all into, you know, very becky, you know, uh, different harmonics and, you know, anything. So, uh I just kind of felt like I was a, a, a major blend, but you are correct that Jeffrey and evolutionary astrology is, is my core. It is my, you know, I, I, I am, you know, uh, really um, enthralled. The, the shoes fit, so to speak. I mean, it feels right. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious um, on some of the points because I've gotten some of his PDFs and I haven't read, I started reading them and there was at a time when I just, I was you know turning on to a lot of things at once. So I wasn't focused enough to really grasp what was happening. Um, I'll definitely reread them at this point. Uh, maybe you're reminding me to do that as we speak. Um, so was it, can you explain a little about skip steps 
what what do you see in this model that kind of resounds so strongly for you? And I'm curious why you're anti whole sign. Um, I've looked at my chart in whole and in plastic and many stuff, and I'm kind of curious as to uh, your your thinking on that front. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, you know, the whole sign, I, I had used uh, Placidus when I started, and then I switched over to Koch, uh, and I, uh, you know, then did uh, Porphyry with uh, Jeffrey, and when I went back, uh, you know, with Maurice, I got into Koch again, because he's into that, and um, so I, and, and so I had, and I had clients, and I had been doing charts for a number of years, and then I switched to the whole sign, which took my whole 12th house uh, stellium and moved it into the first, because uh, at that time I had my wrong birth time, and I thought I was a Leo rising. And so, you know, I, I, had, I was a 24 degrees Leo rising for uh, 63 years of my life. <laughs> I think I remember so, watching the video of you breaking this news. You're like, shit has changed. Uh, I, it was a talk about a mind fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so the whole sign like is like, you know, I I don't have, you know, six planets in the first house. I, I am definitely a 12th house person. So I just like I never related to, you know, the whole sign in that way. And then, of course. You know, uh, uh, it just, as far as transits, I use the houses, you know, uh, uh, a ton, you know, the progressed moon and progressions and you know, everything go going through the houses, you know, is uh, so uh, fundamental to timing uh, of events and for doing readings for people. And anyway, when, when I started using the whole sign, I just had a number of clients come back to me and go, we liked the reading that you did for us, you know, before you used the whole sign house system. Clear Pepsi <laughs> and, isn't real Pepsi. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a, you know, that was a clear thing. And I just remember going on a hike with uh, Daniel and, yeah, we had kind of a parting of ways at that point. So um, that's the whole sign. The skip steps. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jeffrey basically uh, uh, said that, you know, he he lived in a Vedic monastery for quite some time. And uh, the whole Pluto book that he got was downloaded uh, in his dreams in uh, in Vedic. And his job was actually interpreting and translating it into English and writing it down. So again, I got this, uh, you know, sense of kind of a channeled material, you know, coming from, you know, uh, a, a greater source. And uh, he was the one that came out and said, you know, Pluto represents the soul. And your past life experience and where you're coming from. And that connected with the south node of the moon, and the ruler of the south node of the moon, and the moon herself, of course, can give you this uh, timeline and, uh, you know, uh, describe and uh, help you to understand your past lives and where you're coming from. And then he was the first one to come up with this notion 
that the Pluto polarity point, 180 degrees opposite Pluto,